Oh, oh, it's time, it's it time. time. Give him a call. Thank God, right when you're about to tell me some boring anecdote about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please work. So on today's show, Mika, we're going to be making the unlikely connection between a coat hanger, a bottle of Crevassier, a bottle of Evian, and an orthopedic surgeon. Ben, don't forget the sellotape. And the sellotape. I always forget the sellotape, of course. So we were recently interviewing Professor Angus Wallace from Nottingham University. Uh, We knew about this story. We'd read about it in our our research about him. Um, And in the middle of our interview, we got bold enough just to ask if he'd be willing to recount this story. So we're going to jump right in as Professor Wallace begins to tell us this fascinating tale. It was May 1995, and I was coming back from Hong Kong on a British Airways flight. I got on the plane, sat in my business class seat, and suddenly the uh, captain announced that they needed a doctor. Um, Is there a doctor on board? And uh, I put up my hand and the air stewardess came along and said, "Uh, Doctor, can you come and uh, have a look at this uh, lady passenger who seems to have an injured arm? And I said, well, I'm happy to do so. Uh, By the way, at that point, Angus, you're thinking, bingo, because it's an injured arm. I mean, that's right in your wheelhouse. (laughs) I wasn't quite sure what it was at that stage. Yeah. So uh, she led me to the back of the plane where uh, I saw a young doctor leaning over the patient, looking at the arm, and a little bit quizzical. He was actually an intern on a medical ward in the UK and knew absolutely nothing about fractures. So he was delighted when I explained that I was a professor of orthopedics, um, I looked at the arm, and the story was that this lady had fallen off her bike, bruised her arm, and I thought there could have been a little crack fracture, but it was not serious, and I was quite happy to let her fly. And I was more concerned about flying home and not being delayed So I told the captain that as far as I was concerned, we could take off and I would simply put a splint on once we were up in the air. And he was happy to do that, took off. And uh, I then got out of the medical kit, uh, a splint, a bit of Chinese uh, newspaper, and we splinted the arm, which was just a bit bruised. it actually turned out not to be broken at the end of the she, day. Yeah, she'd been in a motorcycle. Incident. Yeah, she didn't tell us that. Oh, she didn't. No, she didn't oh, know. Okay. She told us that she'd fallen off her bike. She didn't tell us that her motorcycle had hit a car head on. Oh, crikey. She's a poor historian. Times 20. She just so, wanted to get uh, back to the UK. Yeah. Yeah, well, she wanted to get back to the UK. She didn't have health insurance. Hmm. Uh, she didn't know she didn't need health insurance in Hong Kong. 
but she didn't have health insurance and she was desperate to get home. So she'd actually concealed uh, what had happened. So um, splinted arm, she was comfortable. We got two and a half hours into the flight. I, by this stage, had had a very nice business class meal. And I had had two glasses of wine. Good man. In business class, you've got to take advantage. <laughs> and then she bent down after two and a half hours to take her shoes off and suddenly developed severe chest pain. So I was summoned to go back and have a look at her again. And uh, she looked quite ill. Uh, and I, I was worried at this stage. So I got a hold of a stethoscope. I examined her chest. The stethoscope is used to listen to breath sounds. I couldn't hear breath sounds. All I could hear was an aircraft engine. And I ultimately asked, why on earth do you have a stethoscope on a plane when you can't use it effectively? And I've been told that it's there so the doctor can put it around their neck. And they can, uh, it can confirm that they are actually a doctor. Same reason the pilot has a hat. <laughs> so I couldn't hear breath sounds, but she was in what we call respiratory distress. She was breathless. And then I put my uh, fingers on the windpipe, the trachea, and the trachea was deviated to one side. Oh, dear. And I thought, oh, shit. This could be a collapsed lung. Now, hold on, I'm going to pause you here, Angus. So you've you've examined her, um, you're having the suspicions as a collapsed lung. Where in the world is the aeroplane right now? Right. It's approaching India. Right, so it's middle of nowhere. (laughs) It's in the middle of nowhere. And the captain had already done his calculations. It would have taken us 45 minutes to land and get her to a hospital. Mm. So I then asked Tom Wong, who was the intern, who was uh, on a chest ward at the time. So it was totally appropriate. I asked him to go and examine her without telling him uh, what I thought. And he examined her and came back and said, off. He said, uh, she's very breathless. I said, yes, Tom. I said, could you hear the breath sounds? He said, no, all I could hear was an aircraft engine. I said, oh. <laughs> I said what about a windpipe, a trachea? Well, I'm not sure, Prof. So uh, I then went back to see her and I was going to give her some um, painkiller. But actually, her colour then had become worse and she'd become a bit bluish. And that was uh, a pointer to the fact that she was getting cyanosed, which does indicate that she probably had uh, tension pneumothorax. I had previously uh, done quite a lot of um, chest drain work because I had worked with a consultant who did spinal surgery and went through the chest. So we used to use chest drains, and I knew how to do it. Uh, But I didn't have the instruments. So I had to develop 
the equipment to put in a chest train and make it work. Did you file for intellectual property <laughs> prior to using it? <laughs> Before you used it. Um, so wait, did you, sorry, I'm going to, I, I got to clarify some things because I'm trying to build the image in my head. So at this point, is she still in her seat or have you loaded her off a chair onto the floor? I mean, where are no, you? No, she, she's still in her seat. So she was right at the back and, um, we operated on her ultimately with her sitting up on the back row of the plane. So the cabin crew are well trained in dealing with that. So they had already erected some blankets to put round the back seat. And two of the adjacent passengers had a lovely time because they were invited up to the captain. And they sat with the captain while this was all going on. They had a really exciting time. Um, so I uh, decided I needed a chest drain. I looked at the medical kit. On the medical kit, there was a urinary catheter. Now, that's a tube which is very like a chest drain, but it's floppy. And I had to make it rigid in order to push it through the chest. And uh, I asked the cabin crew if they knew of anything that I could put down the middle of the catheter to make it rigid so I could push it in the chest. And they, um, one of the cabin crew suggested a coat hanger, and they happened to have a metal coat hanger, so we used that. And I, believe it or not, cut through the metal with uh, a pair of scissors, um, I notched it with the scissors and then bent it back and forwards and broke it. I then realized that my dirty hands had been all over it and decided that it needed to be sterilized. So I asked them for a sterilizing agent and they were very good. They brought me the best cognac on the plane and we sterilized the, um, introducer, the coat hanger introducer in the cognac and I actually have the bottle of cognac here in my office. No, you don't. I do? It, what empty, what was hope. the brand? Let, let's plug them. Oh, you want the, you want to, hold on. <laughs> I was going to grab it. <laughs> this is great. Now, is we should take bets very quickly. Is the bottle empty? <laughs> it's a Scotsman. This is a Scottish surgeon. <laughs> yeah, but it is cognac. Good point. Yeah. But it, there is alcohol in cognac. <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still collecting it. He's probably going to have a glass. He's having a glass right now. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do something you don't want me to do. <laughs> oh oh, there it is. So he's just that turned on his Skype. There it is. Um, it is it is a quarter full for the for people listening, and it is Crevassier, which is the cur- good Crevassier stuff. Crevassier XO Imperial, and I've kept the bottle for historic reasons. And that is the bottle from which I poured the brandy. Amazing. So, so tell me, if just in case I ever find myself in a similar situation, will a, will a cheap brandy work as well? Yes. <laughs> but not for Angus Wallace. Prof <laughs> <laughs> Wallace, it. <laughs> it's crevassier only. There's, there's a better bit coming. Oh, good. So uh, I had to get a long, thin glass and fill Well, it, it was a tumbler, a, a, a large tumbler, filled it full of uh, brandy, uh, sterilized the uh, coat hanger, put the coat hanger down the middle of the catheter, 
and then I had to operate on her. We got some uh, local anesthetic from the medical kit, sterilized the skin with some alcohol wipes, and uh, cut the skin with a scalpel that was on the uh, in the medical kit. Used a pair of scissors to make a channel through just below the second rib, pushed the catheter into her chest, connected the catheter to a bit of oxygen tubing, attached the catheter to the oxygen tubing with sellotape, and then put the other end of the oxygen tubing into an avian water bottle, which I'd made a hole in the top of to create what's called a water under seal drain. So what happens is the air comes through the catheter into the water, bubbles, but can't the, the air can't then get back again. Mm -hmm. So it's effectively a one-way valve. So and we you did just that came up with this on the spot. You hadn't, I mean, I I dreamed it all up wow. on the spot. That's brilliant. I love it. So uh, this worked beautifully. And um, I breathed a sigh of relief because her cyanosis, the blue coloration, uh, went away. She became pink again. She was less breathless. Everything was sorted. And I was absolutely delighted. The um, thing I was a bit fed up with uh, two days later was that when it suddenly hit the media, um, Sellotape brought out a one-page advert saying Sellotape saved the lady's life. No, uh, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, is that that's unbelievable? <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't have minded if they'd actually given me some sort of gift. But uh, one roll free of sellotape. sellotape for the rest of your life. Wait, don't they call sellotape something else in the Scotch US? Scotch tape. Scotch tape. Yeah, just for yeah. American listeners. Right. So anyway, she got better. And I then went to pack up the medical kit, and there was this large glass of brandy. And there's no way I was going to throw that away. I was exact. <laughs> I was absolutely knackered. I downed it. I went back to my business class seat, and I fell asleep. Nice. What a legend. What yeah. a legend. It now, doesn't finish there. Oh, what? there's more to this saga. Let's keep going. Two and a half hours later, while I'm asleep, she goes to the toilet. She takes this water bottle and puts it on a shelf high up. Sits down on the toilet, has a wee, and then suddenly gets chest pain because she siphoned all the fluid from the water bottle into her chest this and re-collapsed the... her lung. You don't read this part. Yeah. On the, I mean, that is no, no. Okay, okay. So, keep, sorry, Angus, no, keep this, going. This, this is what happened. It's just we, we didn't make it terribly public at the time because I was yeah. embarrassed. Um, so I was wakened up. Angus, Angus, can you come and have a look at her? Because by this stage, we don't knew each other's names. Everybody's buddies, yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, she had her uh, pants down around her ankles. She was oh, sitting on the This was loom. on the toilet. <laughs> oh, she's still in the <laughs> restroom. Perfect. The, the, the bottle was up on a shelf, and I realised exactly what had happened. And uh, so I took the bottle, put it on the floor, t 
told her to cough and to cough a number of times, the fluid came back into the water bottle. And I said to the cabin crew, look, keep that bottle below her waist and she'll be okay. And I went back to my seat and fell asleep again. Uh, I was a bit unprofessional on that occasion, but I'd had a pretty rough ride during that flight, and I really was very tired. I'm sure you had a movie to finish. (laughs) 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 And I have a bottle of Carassier. So, (laughs) Angus, did, did the flight then, did the flight continue uninterrupted all the way to London? Yes. I mean, uh, and she was a, taken off by medics at the other end? Yeah, yeah. they had an ambulance waiting for her when we arrived. She was taken to a local hospital. And uh, she was looked after in the local hospital. Uh, a local surgeon changed her chest drain for a proper chest drain. She was kept in hospital 48 hours. And as far as British Airways were concerned, yes, they gave me a very nice bottle of uh whiskey malt whiskey uh, and another bottle uh, as well i was allowed to take the curvasier brandy um well that was generous um there was a lot of publicity and uh, i i actually went to them and i said look can i have a gold card yeah, yeah good for yeah. you and uh, they did give me a gold card that That's lasted fantastic. three years and then expired because i don't make that many trips um, and they took the gold card back again. <laughs> so, so for our listeners, if you need a gold card, there's an e- <laughs> just... there might be easier ways. <laughs> you can either fly a lot <laughs> or whack a chest tube in a couple of patients <laughs> on your next flight. So that's it, Ben. Yeah, it's not it's not an orthopedic story, but it's great nonetheless. It's a it's a saga. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, what what I love about that story, and I guess what impresses me the most, is you're in what must be a fairly stressful situation, and on the spot he comes up with this idea of a, a what, what does he call it, a, a some sort of gravity-fed chest drain. Chest drain, yeah, I, I know. I know. It's brilliant. He's a man for the ages, I tell you. Mm. He's a he's a he's a character. You know, he's a surgeon. He's an inventor, but more importantly, he's some great character. So. Mm. I hope all of our listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, until the next installment of the Angus Wallace show, (laughs) it's goodbye from us.